Hi, this is Gary Rogowski from the Northwest Woodworking Studio. Thanks for listening in. This is a podcast that broadcast uh, in season one. I'm going to reprise some of these earlier ideas and chats as I uh, gear up for a new season, which I'll pick up again in September. But for now, I'd like you to check out some of these uh, earlier podcasts and ideas. This one's called Splinters, the bane of my existence at the bench, because (laughs) I like wood, and wood likes me. Thanks very much for listening. Hi, this is Gary Rogowski for the Northwest Woodworking Studio. Splinters, I have known. One would think that I would know better. One would be wrong. I can't help but put my hand to wood. I cannot help myself. I pet it constantly, and I pull my hand back with a plug of it stuck in me once again. It's a reminder. It should be a reminder to me. Don't pet the wood, but I can't help myself. I just love putting my hands on it. But I am bit time and time again, and it is a constant source of loud amazement in the shop that I've done it once more. And I thought about this as a topic. I thought, you know, I, I, you know, I, uh, woodworkers get splinters. It's one of those things. And I thought, well, you know, I'll just mention it and then talk about something else. But I realized that I had a list of memorable splinters. I had a whole list of these. Now, I, I understand that you have probably done nothing wrong in the shop, but I'm making mistakes all the time. All the time. And uh, I'm rather loud in in uh, pronouncing my surprise, my amazement. Oh, look, a splinter again. Um, so uh, I, I seem to have a long list. And uh, so I'm, I'm going to uh, share my history with you. Uh, and I will start with uh, a chapter out of my latest book called Handmade, Creative Focus in the Age of Distraction. Shameless moment of self-promotion. Forgive me. And I'll read this chapter. It is entitled, The Pencil. A stroll across the shop can be an adventure, too. How many steps do I take back and forth in search of a tool or a scrap of wood? It must offer a glimpse into my psyche to watch me move about the shop, trying to save a step or two, circling to go from one machine to the bench, from one stack of wood to another in search of something... I believe this day that I was on top of my work. I had my act together today. I was busy, but I was getting things accomplished. All my ducks were in a row. Maybe the job was late, or maybe I was trying to get too much done. But, you know, I had it going on that day. There There was always a lot to do, but I had it going on. In any event, I walked past my table saw with a pencil in my hand on my way to turn past the corner of the saw and head for a pile of lumber that sat on top of my planer. A number two pencil was in my hand. I rushed past the saw, swinging my arms in a hurry, and I swung my right arm up, and the end of the pencil hit the bottom of the table saw table. And its rubber eraser stuck to the table, and the pencil pivoted and spun around, and the sharp point of the pencil jammed into the palm of my hand, and I stopped in my tracks because I felt something, and I picked up my right hand to stare at a number two pencil sticking straight up out of my palm like a flag planted in a newfound country. What? (laughs) All by itself? How could I do something like this? I was stunned. How was this even possible? 
Straight up in the air, the pencil stood. I was amazed. It hurt some, of course. But I couldn't believe my feet, my ability. I stared in disbelief at my hand for a short time, trying to understand the likelihood of this event. And then I pulled out the pencil. Shake my hand sometime. Ask to see the spot in my palm. The graphite lives there still. You can see it. After my head shaking, I had to tell myself again to slow down, focus. The signs were clear. Slow down. I'm in a hurry. Clear advice. Good advice. On the mark. I should learn to take it. I do try, but there's always so much to do. So much work to be done. And not paying attention to things is part and parcel of having too much to do in your mind elsewhere instead of just in front of you. The pencil. Splinters and their ilk are, of course, one of the fonts of vocabulary. Of course we know this. Any of you who, who work in the, at the bench know that your vocabulary is constantly increasing as you smash a finger or drop a chisel and break an edge or get another splinter. They are a wellspring of vocal creativity known as cursing. And this cursing is probably as valuable a tool for a woodworker as any in his kit or her kit. A good stream of invective at some miscreant chisel, a bad piece of wood, feels good. It feels good. It's purgative. It gets it out of you. You know, it's exploratory, too, and satisfying on some deep level that even scientists and, and doctors of philosophy have tried to plumb the depths of. So, this is a topic of some importance. The value of swearing, it is well known. There was an article just a year ago in the New York Times called The Case for Cursing. Kristen Wong's excellent piece came with studies and PhDs being quoted. Therefore, it must be true. These are some of their conclusions. First of all, there's a language taboo about swearing. We all know this. We, we say that that's a bad word. You can't use that word. Don't use that word. We think words are bad because we are told that certain words are bad, and this is a cultural construct that, as a former Catholic boy, I know much about. No swearing. No swearing at the dinner table. No swearing when you're in Little League and strike out at the plate. No swearing. No swearing. No goddamn swearing when things go wrong. Got it? So I never swore. Until I grew up. Now I swear like a sailor. Is that, you know, <laughs> the pendulum swings. That's all I can say. So now I swear like crazy. What the Catholics never figured out, however, was the true power of swearing when you get a splinter. See, swearing has power in the shop. Emphatic swearing, as uh, Steven Pinker, Harvard professor, points out in this article, can be used to highlight a point, to put an emphasis on a point, as in that effing hurts when you get a splinter in your hand or in your collection of splinters. I consider the time I, I got a splinter in my finger and could not extract could not get it out. I tried. I tried with a needle. I tried to dig it out. It was just not coming out. And it was, uh, you know, it wasn't the, the first pad or it was probably the third pad down on the finger. And it wasn't in a bad spot. So I just left it in there. But a week or so later, I kept bumping into it. So I thought, I better try and get this out. So I got a needle and pierced my skin with the needle. And what is going on. The splinter rose up out of my skin as if being purged by my body. It <laughs> got rid of it. It was insane to watch. I didn't do anything. I didn't pull it out. It, the splinter rose all by itself. So, some emphatic swearing at that point was in order, and I 
obliged. So swearing can also become cathartic swearing. I mean, we all know this. We aren't swearing just for fun. We do it for purpose. We are swearing because it feels good. It, it provides a real need for us. Swearing is purgative. It releases the devils inside of us. Does this swearing. You slide your hand along that lovely piece of chocolate brown wingy. You know better. You know better. And presto, voila! You have a long splinter. I think wingy is some African word for splinter. And I swear at my stupidity stupidity, and begin to tirade about, oh, my intelligence, my lineage, my father's good sense or fortune. What was I thinking to run my hand along that board? Once I was working with some plywood. This is a B-grade plywood. It's not even CDX. It's probably a D-grade plywood. It's it's called, uh, at this plywood mill, I can buy it. as It's called blows, half-inch blows. Lots of voids in it, holes everywhere, not polished. The edges are rough. And I was moving the piece along. I had to move a sheet along. And I pushed an inch-long splitter into the meat of my little finger. Why didn't I have gloves on, you you might ask. Don't bother me with logic. Um, so this splinter goes in my little finger. It's about an inch long, but it doesn't hurt. That's the thing that's crazy. It doesn't hurt. It's so close to the, to the uh, top layer of skin. It just doesn't hurt. It just goes in. I'm staring at this thing. So I immediately try to get it out, which I am unable to do. I pull off a quarter inch and then another quarter inch, and I still can't grab it. And I don't have tweezers. So I'm trying with a knife, and that's not helping. And so I had to dig a little bit. So finally I went down to my neighbor, to, to Vern's place. And Vern's a doc, so, you know, he's going to have tools. Well, yeah, he has a Swiss Army knife. <laughs> the tweezers and a Swiss Army knife. And so we tried with that, and, uh, you know, eventually we got it out. But get tweezers. I went out and bought two, two sets. One for Vern and one for me. Good tweezers. You're going to need them. Have a needle close by, too. So the splinter, then, is a spigot. It opens up a world of language and a combination of worlds that may amuse and confound you, that will fill you with pride over your inventiveness if you weren't so dang busy swearing at yourself. Again, I'm just referring to myself. This probably has never happened to you. In this same article, swearing, it is pointed out, can also affect our strength, perhaps even our resolve. Once I was working with my nemesis again, this Douglas Fir, and... Um, so, if you remember the last podcast, I was talking about the difference between early wood and late wood. Well, the, the splinters you get in, in furrows is that hard late wood, and it just peels right off. It separates and sticks you bad. And I had some reclaimed fur. Big post I was working on. I was doing a job for a Catholic church. And uh, tight grain, but still would get splinters. And I managed somehow in some remarkable bit of prestidigitation, I managed to stick a long sliver under my index finger fingernail about a half inch long. That hurts. Even the memory of it hurts. <laughs> that hurt bad. And it took my breath, breath away. But it focused my attention in a marvelous way. I was immediately focused on that splinter and how to get it out. So I immediately tried to pull it out, and I broke it off, of course. So now I had a situation. It hurt like a mother, and I could go somewhere and have a, a doctor fumble around in there and try and dig it out, uh, or I could dig it out myself. So got the, got the good tweezers out, and... 
I knew that I had to go under the nail to get it out. And it was going to hurt like a mother of feathers. And, uh, but that's not what I had to do. Screw up my courage, dig it up, dig it in, dig it out. And, uh, I did call myself a son of a beehive once or twice, but, uh, I got it out. And boy, I got to tell you, that is probably, well, I don't know about the best feeling in the world, but maybe top five, pulling a splinter out all the way out, not getting left, leaving anything behind, getting the whole thing out. What a sense of relief. What relief. My last uh, memorable splinter was, again, in fur, of course. It was in fur, and I was working this dang plywood again. And uh, stuck it in, stuck it in the tip of one of my fingers. And straight in. Oh, I go to look for my tweezers. I left them at home. I left them at home. <laughs> I'm just going to point out that my swearing at that point was creative. <laughs> I'm just going to say that it was a very creative stream uh, for a period of time. It did not help with the splinter, and nor did I feel um, stronger or more capable of getting the splinter out since I had no tools. Um, but it was, uh, yes, it was, uh, again, focusing. So I went, to, I didn't have anything here. I tried digging with a knife. That wasn't working. It was straight in. Went down to Vern's. He wasn't around. Went to my other neighbors. They weren't, they couldn't help me. I could not get it out. So it stuck in my finger and I'm, it's gotten to the point where I just said, I'm just going to leave it. I just, I don't know what to do. I'll go, you know, at the end of the day, I'll go to a store and I'll buy a needle and I'll try and dig it out. So that's what I did, about three or four hours of this, just kind of, you know, it's just a, just this constant pain just pushing on you, just pushing. It's not taking over your entire world. It's just kind of pushing on you. You always notice it. It, it makes smiling difficult. You know, it's one of those things. And so I, I went to the dollar store, and there were my tweezers again. I bought them for a buck this time. Sat in the truck, and I said, we are doing this. And when you have that resolve... When you are focused, uh, God dang, I'm going to do it, then you do it. And I, I, uh, I performed the surgery, got out the splinter, and again, it's a miracle. It feels so good when the splinter is finally gone. Um, it's difficult to describe that, that feeling of, of relief. Or of the, the sense that, don't you know any better you should know better by this time. And yet, I, I admit, I do not know better. I'm going to do this again. I'm going to get another splinter. I make mistakes. It's a part of the deal. I just, uh, I recommend getting a good set of tweezers, having a needle, be ready to go to work on yourself. It will happen someday to you too as, as well. I hope the best for you. I really do. No splinters. What a good day. Thanks very much for listening. Please check out our website, northwestwoodworking.com. Check out information on our mastery programs, both the local and distance and resident programs. And drop a note if you're interested. Thanks very much. <laughs>